I'm going to do my best Christopher Walken here. You know what this ending needs? Is it needs more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to go on the front of the show. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 326 on January 3rd, 2019. Oh, Darn it, there we go. Got scratched that off. Rewrite the check. 2020. Set your photo apps down, iPhone photographers. It's time for Tiny Shutter Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Tiny Shutter Podcast, where we talk about iPhone photography and anything else that might jump into our minds. I'm Dave Podner. And I'm Greg McMillan. Happy New Year, Dave. Happy New Year, Greg, and Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, Matt is on assignment deep in scouting, and Joe may be popping on the show depending on if uh, he can get drug away from what he's doing. Uh, Otherwise, we will saunter on into the world of iPhone photography. And we actually have questions and maybe some answers. So let's start with our focus point. Focus point. Okay, and we actually had a couple, we had a question from the Facebook group and a question from a particular host who's talking right now. So we'll start with the question from the Facebook group. Greg, do you want to start with that? Okay. Um, the question was, I don't know how it was worded exactly, but what it pertained to was uh, this person was having some weird um, artifacts in her images. And um, it was like lens flare. And I, I think it was a she. Correct no, it was. Wrong, it was. It was. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and I will say um, this. I just want to interrupt real quick. Just because we did not get permission if we could uh say who the person was that's why we're not saying the person's name we know who it is yeah but we do but unless we get permission from someone to say their name which we didn't ahead of time we we just won't say it and, and that's because it was in a private message too so um yeah so lens flare um you know it, it's been an issue with the iPhone uh, going back as far as I can remember to the iPhone 5, I don't recall seeing it in the... F- well, you know, it might have been in the 4S as well. That's my first iPhone. But what this is, is it, it's it's a... You know, when you're taking a picture of a sunset or, you know, uh, a, a scene at night where there's, a, say, a street light or something, wherever the light source is in the frame... In the opposite part of the frame, like, okay, so if the light is in the top right, down in the bottom left, you're going to see a little green dot. And um, this particular person, being Christmas time, was taking pictures of, of their Christmas tree. And with all the Christmas lights, it was putting all these green dots that actually kind of looked white in the pictures I saw uh, throughout the photograph. And she wondered, is this normal? Is there something wrong with the phone and whatnot? And um, I can honestly say it's quote-unquote normal, but um, it's at the same time, it's annoying. And 
I don't know about you, Dave, but myself, I have been known to, you know, go to like touch retouch and remove those just to make the uh, the image look better. No, most definitely, I've I've done this. It's in definitely using touch retouch to especially the sample the person gave where it was almost a a grid of very small flares because of like you said because of the Christmas yeah. lights. That would be a pain if not. I don't want to say impossible because given enough time and patience, I'm sure it's possible, but it may not be worth the effort to get rid of them. Yeah. Uh, but it, I, I've had enough where it's one big old green, m- you know, mess on, on the uh, photo and touch retouch normally does a pretty good job getting rid of it without messing up the photo itself. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and you know, Dave and I were talking about this before we started recording, and, and we were kind of looking things up on the internet. And it's not um, it's not strictly iPhone that has had this issue. There were some issues with the Google Pixel phones, where Google actually now we don't know if it succeeded or not, but they were talking about it. And when these articles were written, uh, I think about three four years ago. Uh, they were talking about putting a software update out to rectify the problem. So I think that could be possible with with Apple's devices, with the iPhones. Um, I mean, if they, hey, if they bought Touch Retouch, just imagine Ooh. what they can do, um, you know, to their uh, lens flare issues like this. But, uh, um I mean, I think it has something to do with the physics of these tiny little cameras and lenses and, and you know, it could be issues with, well, not necessarily issues, but it could be um, the result of coatings on the lenses. And, I mean, there could be a number of uh, technical reasons why this happens, but it is definitely there. Um, it, nothing wrong with the phone. And... Um, Gosh, like like Dave says, if you have patience, if there's a number of these little specs, then you know, touch retouch is probably the best app out there to remove them one by one. Yeah, I, I would say it's the best app for the phone. Now, if you're, yes. oh yeah, you know, I, I don't have experience with Photoshop or you know um, something on that more higher end. That's a desktop solution, so that may have a. One touch, boom, get rid of flare. Um, well, I can say, Dave, that there is a Mac version of Touch Retouch. Okay. Now, I don't know if there's a Windows version or not. I'm just going to look that up while I'll, I'll okay. let you carry on there. Okay. So now I'll say this, that when I tried to look up, just because my experience with um, phone photography is strictly iPhone, and I didn't want to just make a blanket statement saying about Android, when I looked for Android lens flare, a vast majority, we're talking, I would say 90% of the links were, here's an app to add lens flare uh, to your photos. (laughs) So, I mean, if you want to be J.J. Abrams and add lens flare, there's tons of apps out there. Um, even general, you know, editing apps like uh, InLight or Snapseed uh, will have a, uh, a light leak 
feature that you can add lens flare or go with a specialty app where they have literally hundreds of different types of lens flares you can add in uh, to add the flare to a particular photo. In fact, uh, wasn't the moment anthropomorphic lens one of the selling points was it gave you that lens flary look? Yes. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it really resembles the JJ Abrams yeah. look where it goes right across the screen. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand if you're trying to get that photo and you're like, why is this, why is there a giant green blob in the middle of my photo here messing up what I'm taking? Um, and unfortunately, it's not a matter of the lens being dirty. Um, because one thing you'll notice is as you're trying to take the picture, if you move the camera around, the lens the lens flare will actually move along with you. Um, so it definitely is not just a spot on the lens that you can look at and just kind of you know wipe off and then all of a sudden everything's um, better. So it is something that you have to look at and think, and I would say one good thing is you can t- one of the good things, of course, having this giant screen as a viewfinder, if you will, uh, you can tell if there's where the lens flare is. And if you can move the camera around a little bit, either move it so the flare will be out of maybe a, where you plan on cropping, maybe, or you can work on it where you can get the flare to an area that if you have to do manual adjustments, it won't make such of a difference as, let's say you have the flare in front of someone's face versus um, just having a, 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 let's say, a a flat area or a solid color where it'll be a lot easier to use touch, retouch, and and actually correct everything. Yeah. And I'm seeing on my little search here that it's available at the Microsoft Store and for system requirements, it says it's um, uh, available for Windows 8 Mobile and Windows 8. Now, I don't know how old this post is or this um, this thing on, on, yeah, on the Microsoft that's... Store, Ooh. but there's a free trial. And in on the Canadian site, it says $1.89 to buy it. Wow, that's... So that's pretty, pretty uh, inexpensive. Yeah. Uh, and, and it says it's by the same company that puts the uh, Mac and iOS version out. So, okay. you know, it, it might definitely be worth a look. Yeah, especially a free trial and just making sure, of course, Microsoft Store, similar to the App Store, I don't think it's as locked down. But, you know, as long as, you know, I don't think there's any issues with, and of course, this is true with downloading any software on off of a, even the App Store. You still got to be careful and make sure everything's safe. And it sounds like since it's the same developer, everything should be good. Yeah. Yeah, like the app icon looks different on the Microsoft Store than it does on the um, Mac App Store. But it's the same name and it says the same developer name. So, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely worth a look if you want to try it on your PC. Uh, I know the Mac version works very very well, and and it's very similar to the the iOS version. And um, now, how much is it's a great way to get rid of much, those little oh, lens flares? Okay. Let me see here real quick. Oh, wow! And I just happened to see the price on the Mac App Store in the U.S. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's fifteen dollars. Is it really? Yeah. I honestly don't remember what I paid for it when I got it on my Mac. I really don't know, and I wish it would tell. Like, if if you go to the App Store on your iPhone or or on your Mac, and if you've already purchased the thing, it doesn't tell you how much it costs. Yeah. It just says open. That you would know, be it nice. Yeah. Where you can open the app. Yeah. Because I don't um, even think under. I wish well, it would show. Let's see. I don't know on the Mac, but let me check here. Just out of curiosity, while. Yeah, because if it says, um, I'm looking at uh, under the um, the purchase tab for on the phone, and unfortunately, the only thing it has there is um, it just says whether something should be updated or when you purchased it. It doesn't say, or when it's updated, it doesn't say the original price there either. So I was kind of hoping under the you know, purchased, it would say, oh, you purchased this for this amount of money. Yeah. Way back when. So I unfortunately don't see that there, but that would be nice. Well, I, I know that when I bought the uh, Mac version of Touch Retouch, I bought it uh, when I was processing some photos from my son's wedding. And mm. I don't know what happened, but I was using the telephoto lens on the iPhone on my 10s Max mm-hmm. and it was a bright sunny day and I found a lot of anomalies in some of the photos almost like they almost look like orbs on on the in the photos mm. and before I could do anything with these pictures I had to remove them and I know touch retouch was the best way to do it and rather than try to you know zoom in and everything else on my phone I I I, I Looked to see if there was a Mac version. Sure enough, there was. And I honestly don't even remember if I looked at the price. I just said, buy it, because these were pictures from my son's wedding, and I had to have it. Yeah. And and honestly, for as powerful as it is, $15 for a one-time purchase is not a bad price. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, you know, if there's an update, it'll update, and I don't have to worry about rebuying or anything so right and it's not a um, subscription where it's you pay so much and you have to pay 99 cents a month or 15 dollars a year continually mm-hmm. yeah that's right okay and the do you want to add anything else to the lens flare or any other suggestions you might have um well you know one thing that that i thought of was if you find that you're shooting into the light like that Try cupping your hand around the lens, and but be careful if you're using the wide angle because you'll you'll get your hand in the in the photo. Um, with the new ultra wide that's on the 11 series phones, forget it. You'll never be able to do that. But excuse me, if you have the um, just a regular wide angle or the telephoto, uh, you could try just cupping your hand over it and see if that doesn't shade it enough. You know, without interfering with the frame, uh, to to help get rid of that um, that lens flare. But uh, as far as wondering if it's a problem or if with the phone or something like that, no, it, it, that's just the way they are. It's perfectly normal. Yeah, and I mean, it is one of the limitations of the phone too. Is that yeah? Because right. admittedly, I'm I'm still seeing. 
you know, occasionally looking at the um, iPhoneography um, subreddit, um, mm-hmm. which we don't have anything to do with, but. <laughs> Um, but it's a good resource. It, oh, no, most definitely. And some of those pictures are – it's amazing the pictures people are getting, especially with the 11 night mode. Uh, but yeah. we still have to remember is that these are really, really tiny sensors in a very compact object, which is not always handled delicately. You know, I like earlier tonight, I was carrying my phone around in my pocket and it slipped out and it fell on the floor. Now, I do have a I do have a, a good case on it, so nothing happened to the phone. But right. I, it's hard, you know, you, you tend and it, my phone is two and a half years. It's two two some years old, so it's getting up there in age. But, you know, could you imagine saying, well, I just bought this Canon six hundred dollar body and I bought this Canon lens for seven hundred more dollars, and oh, I just happened to drop it on the floor. Oopsie! Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, and I know people who have dropped their cameras, their big cameras like that. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't I imagine you just don't dust them off and go, "Well, everything's okay now." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I've done it myself. I had my oh. my Canon DSLR on a tripod, and I had had it way up in the air. And the wind blew, and it fell over, and it just slammed onto the ground. And yeah, I was nervous for a bit, but then it turned out to be okay. But mm. yeah, because like I said, it's it's and it's there are limitations, and that's something that, and I mean, we almost yeah. most of the time, if a, I don't want to say if the photo turns out not good, a lot of times we have to remember it isn't us. It is a limitation of the yeah, device. Right. Yeah. You know, like, oh, um, there's a photo, let's say you want to take, and you're like, oh, I'm too far away, and I physically can't get closer to Zoom. You know, just for whatever reason. You 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 know, everyone says, well, the best Zoom are your two feet. Well, that's great if you physically can get closer. Sometimes you can't. So, you know, if I'm needing to do the digital Zoom... Uh, just because of how far I am away or some other reason, it's not going to be that clear. It's not going to be that crisp, as especially comparing it to someone with a large telephoto lens. So, again, it's a we have to understand the tool we have, the limitation, in this case, lens flare, and what we can do about it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now the Now, the other question we had was a question I actually, I posed myself. Um, and I kind of put it as asking for someone with gray skies and possible white ground, how to deal with low contrast shots. And the reason I, this kind of popped in my head is that, well, Pittsburgh tends to be, even though Seattle has the reputation in the States for being rainy and dreary and gray, uh, mm-hmm. where I live in Pittsburgh, we're pretty not like it's a horrible, dreary place and everyone's miserable. We aren't. But we do have more cloudy days than we do sunny days by a significant margin. Um, and we're coming in the time of year where there's going to be snow on the ground. So you have a gray sky, gray sky with white ground. And that can get, it, as I was kind of kidding in the, um, 
in the pre-show, it's, it's almost like a Norwegian dinner. It's white on white on white, where <laughs> it's yeah. kind of it, your eyes, of course, have a much better dynamic range. Or I say, and, and someone who has average eyes has a much better dynamic range than any phone sensor, let alone, so, uh, like I said, a small sensor like the iPhone, even using a, a, a dedicated HDR app. Um, so you can see something and you can say, oh, I noticed that the the snow and the hills and there are certain contours which kind of pop out with your eyes. But when you take a picture of it, it kind of flattens everything out. And unfortunately, and I think uh, people just have to realize this too, you may get a certain bluish tinge to the snow um, that you don't see with your eye, but it may turn out that way on the camera. But now my yes, question, definitely. yeah, my question was, well, I have this really low contrast shot. Everything's a, a version of gray, of a gray. Um, how would you deal with that in terms of getting more pop or um, more interest to a shot that looks to be more gray on gray? And gray and Greg, you had a a couple suggestions on that. Yeah, the uh, the first thing I thought of was. Snapseed is probably one of the most popular uh, editing apps on the iPhone and on Android. Um, it's free, and it has a lot of great tools in it. And one of them is in, in the brush section. Uh, it, it's a dodge and burn. Now, that's going way back to you know Ansel, Adam, Ansel Adams um, and his, you know, the magic that he performed in the darkroom. And dodging and burning is okay. So dodging is is lightning, and burning is darkening. So when you dodge, your um, so you take your brush and you can select how it's basically like overexposing the parts that you touch with the brush. So um, let's say you have a, a scene where you know. Okay, so let's 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 just talk clouds here because there's. Um, there's white and grays right there, and in the cloudy areas, if there's white or lighter parts of the clouds, you can make them whiter and brighter with the dodge tool, and you know you can adjust how how much brighter you want it, and then just brush your finger over those parts, and just those parts will lighten up. It's like really isolating the effect that you want, as opposed to doing a, a general. Um, contrast or brightness adjustment uh, those things are generally globally done so uh, that'll brighten up the bright parts and um, in the other side of it is the br the burn part is it darkens things down and you can like if uh, if the clouds have some you know gray areas you know you sometimes along the bottom of the clouds it might be some gray where the you know the, the heavy rain is sitting you can darken them down a little bit and and I would just start off with these subtle adjustments you know just wipe your finger across them and you can really make the clouds pop uh, give it a lot more contrast in, in just certain areas of the image so you could do that with just about any part of the frame uh, that you want to like if you have like a tree that's kinda looking kinda grayish and dull you can, you know, use that burn tool to 
darken the, the branches down a bit, and it won't affect the light areas in behind it. That's the nice thing about this this method. Same with the with the burn or the the dodge tool. When you're lightening some lighter parts of the image, it won't have too much of an effect on any dark areas around it. It will if you go right across them. Um, it can lighten them up, but just try to hit the light spots with the dodge tool and the dark spots with the burn tool, and you can really make that otherwise dull image pop. Yeah, about to say I'm. I'm actually trying that out real quick on an image I took a little bit early, a couple weeks ago, that was mostly clouds. And of course, you know, it, at least when I try out something, I tend to try out the more extremes. So I obviously overdid it, but it actually using the dodge and burn, you can definitely bring out the highlights and the contouring. Of what's yeah. going on a lot more. Oh yeah. To where it's a really, really things nice pop a lot use. more. Things pop a lot yeah. more. That's always good to try. And I mean, and again, this is you know. Um, now let me ask you because I generally don't use um, attachments or filters. So right. do you think if you're going into you know that you're going to do shoot and it isn't just a matter of having to run across something, but you want to plan ahead that any kind of filter would make any difference. You think if there's low contrast or don't you think that would make much of a difference? Like putting in an actual filter over the lens. Yeah. Yeah. I know like some, um, some things like moment and I think where you can actually get, like a neutral filter or a polarizing filter or, you know, something on that nature, or that wouldn't really make a difference. It'd be better just to do stuff in post. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Um, I'm, I've never, even in my DSLR days, I was never a real big filter user. Okay. Um, I don't know what kind of effect the like the different color filters have on a scene like that. Um, I know like a neutral density filter would just give you a longer exposure. Um, so I don't think that would be the answer. A polarizer might do something, but it 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 also might play with the color of the image too. Mm, okay, yeah. Um, like especially with snow, right? Because uh, yeah, if there's any any blue in the sky at all, uh, I'm not sure what the polarizing filter would do to the color of the snow. I mean, you, you could rotate it around and, and see, I guess. But um, I think, honestly, I think the best solution to this issue at hand. <laughs> is to um, utilize the certain areas of the, of the photo that you want to adjust and, and do it that way. Yeah. yeah. And, especially, and I think one issue is I know sometimes using a physical change, like a filter, is a, looks more natural than software. But you can always undo software where if you take a photo and it has a filter, you have a filter on a lens – 
it's really hard to undo if it makes the like I said a difference in the coloration of the snow or something. Yeah. So yeah, that two things yeah, that people. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, well, I was just gonna say it's a, it's a you know it's um it's it's a subjective thing you know it depends on the look you're after and and um you know there's there's plenty of tools out there of course to to try and uh now i'm just trying dodge and burn on a on a photo i took of there's snow on the bottom part of the frame and some trees in the top part but it was a sunny day of, but the the image is mostly in the shade so i'm i'm just looking to see what it does here when i do the dodge and burn thing and what i'm finding is that if i do too much of it 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 ends up making you know the whole thing brighter so again keep these adjustments subtle at first um just to see you know how it goes because i know with every every stroke of your finger across the screen it's it's going to do that effect again and again and again and eventually it'll you know it could just white it right out if you're say dodging but you know trying to lighten it up yeah so and and again it will affect the dark areas as well as the light so um just experiment with it and and see what you get and that's i think that's with both questions just you know one thing is that this is true with all with all at least edits on the phone you can always get back to the original if all of a sudden it's like that's not quite what I had in mind so you know almost, yeah. I would say everyone has an undo feature one way or another oh, sure. so <laughs> yeah, definitely try out there okay well you know what let's I think we, we hit those pretty good so let's say we move on to our post pick of the week And this week we went into the Instagram well and picked out a photo there since we're midway through our challenge of um, holiday slash Christmas decorations. Uh, Now, I know, I don't know around you, Greg, but people still have their Christmas lights up around here. Yeah, yeah, they're still up here, too. So I'm thinking this weekend we're going to see a lot of people starting to take stuff down, um, unless you're Orthodox. In that case, I know uh, generally that goes till the sixth. So, oh yeah. Um, so we're com- we're coming to the end of of those, but there's still maybe not necessarily Christmas related decorations, but some places still may have up some winter decorations. But also on December twenty sixth, uh, when we hit the store, um, and we didn't go any crazy after. Christmas shopping, but actually it was, it was, I'm sorry, it was on the 27th. Um, we happened to hit the store. There was a couple things we need to pick up and the Valentine's decorations were already out. Oh, wow. <laughs> and St. Patrick's day. That's crazy. Well, I mean, Christmas, de- Christmas decorations were starting to come out on July 5th. So it's only fair. <laughs> 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 that's retail for you though right oh yeah most definitely yeah no no one no one picked anything up yet but retail is out for valentine's day and for um 
St. Patrick's Day already. So starting yeah. easy. So that at least something to keep in mind is that you know if you wanted to try something unique and you saw some holiday decoration that isn't a winter holiday, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Now, great. You picked one from Jackie Miller this week for the post pick. Do you want yes. to talk about it for a little bit? Okay, sure. It's uh, Jackie Miller is um, Miss I'm a Phone. So it's M-S-dot-I-M-M-A-P-H-O-N-E on Instagram. And uh, I do believe she's a fellow Canadian. I think she's from British Columbia. And... Um, her image is taken at sunrise, and here, okay. So you talked earlier about what what the color could have, what color could happen to the snow. Um, so the images of a train, right in the middle of the frame, is a is a train with the lights on the front because it's still kind of dark, and there's some street lights uh, along. It could be along the track, or maybe there's a road beside the track, and. So between all that and where she was standing, there's some small trees and brush, and then right in the foreground is some snow. And the snow is a a beautiful hue of purple because the sky with the sunrise, mm. there's some really nice pink and purple tones in the in the you know wispy clouds that go across the sky. Um, you know, it's it's just a real eye catching image. There's um, there's there's lights. Like the street lights, you can actually see the, you know, the, the, the uh, light rays coming off the one on the right, and it's, it's really cool. I I don't think she added those. I think that's just the way the image was taken. Uh, looking through her hashtags, she doesn't have any apps mentioned really, um, and it's just a really beautiful early morning image of a train. You know, coming down, and she timed it so well because the train is right between uh, two of the street lights, mm -hmm. right in the center of the frame of the image. So, um, you know, great job, Jackie, on this on this photo. Uh, it's just a, I, I could see this in a frame on a wall. What no, do you think, agree. Dave? No, total agreement there. And like you said, I, I like the way that it's still dark enough that the lights still are on. Uh, and talking about lens flare, the one on the right did, does seem to have a nice little flare going on there. Um, and and but, that's just from the light bulb itself. Yeah. It's not like uh, oh no, not no. like we were talking about earlier. Right, right. It's it's not related to the um, to the lens. It's just the way the the like you said the light is, and it's actually kind of a starbursty uh, yeah, yeah. lens there. So it adds a nice little touch, especially in, and then you have the lights on the front of the train. Um, again, just a really nice scene. Um, and like I said, the, the, the purple reflection for lack, for lack of a better thing on the snow just makes it look real serene and real nice. Just, just a really enjoyable photo. Yeah. And I don't know how she didn't get the green dot unless she took them out. But like, again, she doesn't say anything in her, in her description or, um, uh, in her, um, hashtags or anything but uh um i'm looking just looking through the comments and i don't see anything there either so she either got lucky and got away with no green dot um anomalies or 
she took them out. So, you know, good job, Jackie. Great photo. Oh yeah, it's it's a possibility that um, she may have it. She may be far enough away that they didn't get caught. Yeah, yeah, that could be. Yeah, you know, like we mentioned earlier, the physics of the cameras and the lenses and mm-hmm. that maybe distance has has um, something to do with it too. Yep. And you know what? Just for a second here, we have a surprise. Assuming Skype works for us. Yeah. Insert Jeopardy music here. Ding. Hello, Joseph. Howdy, howdy. Hey, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing good. good. Awesome. And we were actually just talking about the uh, post pick that Greg selected. Ooh, is it the spider? It is not oh, the spider. Right above that. Yep. All it's right. from Jackie Miller. Oh, yes, the train. Yes. Yeah, I like it. And let's say, Tell us about it, Joe. <laughs> oh. yeah, you have a whole <laughs> five seconds to prepare. But let's, let, me, let me just say this while you're, while you're taking a second to look at it. That's a little behind the scenes is that we tend to go, we, when we look at photos either in Instagram or on the Facebook group, uh, we send it back and forth a lot of times via the chat. And... Just make various comments. Always is trying to be try, always being positive, but uh, different comments on what what we particularly like or why we pick one photo over the other. But they're, but they're like children. We love them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's a you know the the colors are great between. Uh, there's a lot of purple and uh, pink. Uh, but the uh, I like the way the train is uh, there between the light poles. It kind of the light poles frame uh, give a good frame for what the the train is doing, and uh, the yeah, it's just I, I like it. I think it's uh, it looks pretty good. Yeah, her timing was impeccable on taking that too. I think. Yeah. And for it to just be the engine and not ha- an actual, you know, train of cars behind it. Just, you know, just yeah, the engine yeah. itself. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Very cool. Well, Joe, we were actually, so what have you been up to, Joe? Yeah, I'm going to say we were just about up to the what we were up to part, so. <laughs> uh, see here, I have, um, I've actually, I've been playing a lot with... Uh, with the apps and websites and graphic design and stuff like that. Um, I had, uh, one of the, one of the members of my church, uh, text me and say, I can't get to the sermons and the uh, calendar from the app. I'm like, okay. And I said, well, when I get to the, when I get back to the office, I'll look into it. And there had been a major change with, uh, who we use, uh, for, uh, doing apps. And so I was, finding pictures to put in there and creating links and stuff like that. And I'm very thankful that, you know, I can use my iPhone uh, images to be able to put onto a website and have it look good. 
you know, uh, I don't have to go try to find, um, you know, like stock photography or anything like that. It's it's nice to be able to go and be able to take pictures and and then post it on there and say, yeah, I took that with my iPhone. And they're like, what? Um, <laughs> it is a it is a nice feeling. Uh, but then uh, the other thing I got into a little bit, which I'm kind of getting back into, is I'm actually looking at uh, getting my ham radio license again. Ooh. Um, oh. Yeah, I had it from uh, 2001 to 2011, and then I just never renewed my license, and it's been that long since I've uh, I, I've I've done it. But I picked up a couple radios uh, this last week. And, uh, you know, I found that you can actually uh, send things through the uh, through the radios via the Internet and all that. And um, but I am going to uh, try to get my ham radio license again and, uh, you know, just play around with that and uh, kind of uh, venture back into, you know, the things that I used to do and uh, see if I can get other people to do the same thing. Yeah, I picked up these radios. They're called Baofengs and uh, $22. And they're oh, uh, reasonable. They're not, yeah, they're not bad for – they're good for getting into it. You don't have to spend $300 and then say, oh, it was good for a weekend. You know, $22 <laughs> yeah. is a good starting point for, for radios. I already have – uh, replacement antennas coming in the mail tomorrow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> as as in replacement as upgrade or replacement as in oopsie replacement. No, as upgrade, which will actually uh, are almost the cost of what the radios were. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> so. But yeah, well, so. I, I understand. There's quite the community of uh, ham radio operators, you know, no. worldwide. There are. Um, it's funny because a lot of times they're in the background uh, and you don't know it until they may mention it. Um, but I was, you know, watching some videos on YouTube. I was uh, listening. Uh, you can you can have these radios and listen. You don't have to have a license to actually own it. You have to have a license to broadcast. Um, okay. Hmm. But uh, you can listen in on their conversations. Um, it's not against the law to broadcast if it's an emergency situation, but you have to make sure that it is an emergency situation. Uh, but you can't you can't just broadcast without a license. The little uh, radios you get in the stores uh, have a license to broadcast, but they're oh. fixed. And they're only a certain wattage um the antennas can't you know for the most part can't be taken apart and uh, replaced with something else they're very limited on what they can do with those uh frequencies and with the um uh with the licensing Mm. but uh, the ones that i that i bought can be upgraded a little bit and work within uh, those frequency ranges that require a license, so you ha- you have to have a license to use them. Now, is that is that mostly for making sure there's not interference with the licensing? Well, anytime you broadcast, you know, FCC, the Federal Communications, um, it you have to have a license. Okay. 
Um, people just can't willy-nilly broadcast without a license. They can, but they have to broadcast their license number. Uh, if they don't, they can be tracked down and fined. Um, so that goes for radio, television, um, amateur radio, uh, even commercial radio, meaning a company using a radio system has to have their own license. Um, so it is a, it's very much a regulated thing. Um, so even if you are using two-way radios within the family frequency ranges, you are operating on a license. It's just you don't have to broadcast that license. No, okay. Hmm. So would CB radios be the same? Yeah, like, they require uh, a license. Uh, I believe the the um, whether it's like ICOM or Midland or any of those companies that make the radios, they're broadcasting under those licenses. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so sort of the same thing as going to Walmart and getting two way radios. Yeah. That's cool. cool. Yeah. So we'll see. I I don't know if I'll talk too much more about CB or not CB ham radio or anything like that in future uh, broadcasts. But, you know, if there's a way to transmit pictures from your iPhone without uh, without cell coverage and through uh, amateur radio, I'll let you know about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Well, wait a minute now. I saw, what was this? I don't know if this is ham, but it was it was on the sh- the program uh, the YouTube channel, the Modern Rogue with Brian Brushwood and uh, Jason. Yes. I forget his last name. Yes. They did do one where they did broadcast by sound. Yes. Now, I think that Brian was a walkie-talkie. But the other guy did not have a license, but the guests that they brought on. Uh, did and you can uh, broadcast without a license as long as there is a licensed operator uh, with you. Okay. And so they were they were playing with those Baofeng radios and uh, they were trying different antenna types to see what sounded better. Okay. And uh, and so he they were he was actually um, educating them on ham radio. Mm, okay. Yeah, I remember that. That was the that was at least a year ago they went over that. But yeah, it was funny. I was watching it and I didn't realize it was Brian Brushwood. I was like, man, that guy's voice sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, why do I know that voice? Just just, just, put, just put just put mentally Brushwood. some some spiky hair on that, and Daniel would yeah, recognize yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's if you've heard Brian Brushwood, you will never forget Brian Brushwood. <laughs> oh, but. Yeah. Man, I know that voice, and uh, he was actually really excited about it. Yeah. So who not knows? Brian Brushwood? He doesn't get excited. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. You can you can geek out on all that type of stuff. It's just like iPhone photography. Mm-hmm. You know, you get an iPhone, you start playing with it, you realize what you can do. I was actually just thinking about this the other day. Um, you know, I remember when I bought my Canon 30D and I was like, ah, oh, this is great. But after a while, I got a little bored with it. I felt a little, uh, you know, like I wasn't, wasn't challenged or I didn't have that, that, that feel for photography that, um, sort of, uh, uh, passion. And, and then when I got the iPhone, yeah, it was the iPhone 3GS, but, People, 
oh, the images on here are terrible. It's garbage. But I was getting great images, but I was I was starting to apply some of the uh, things that photography does, you know, that, that you learn in photography to the iPhone and was seeing this this change. And I was like, hey, this is great. It was like it was restricting me. And I was forced to uh, to do the very best within the confines of what the iPhone was doing. And uh, and so it became a challenge and that passion started to grow. And, you know, and then I get to be on a podcast like this. And I know there's a lot of people out there going, oh, man, the iPhone, the, the you know, the photography, this is great. What do I do? How can I get more? What can I do? And then they fart, start listening and listening listening to uh, shows like ours and, you know, getting into community, sort of like what the ham radio is, uh, getting into community. Because, I mean, basically, if you're doing ham radio by yourself, you're doing it wrong. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but with iPhone photography, you know, it's great to take pictures by yourself. But when you're in a community like this, and you get to interact with other people. You get to see what they do, and you're inspired, or you can teach somebody or help somebody. That's where the yeah. passion is, and that's where how we grow. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's kind of got similar similar things. So we'll see. <laughs> what have you guys been up to? Oh, Greg, you want to start? Well, uh, let's see. Um, well, yesterday that was a story. <laughs> my my brother came over and we we replaced our countertop, and a four hour job turned into an all day affair. Yeah, uh, it's it's the things the the things that had. What's the best way to put this? Let's just say I found out that my my kitchen isn't exactly as square as I thought it was. And uh, we ended up taking two sets of cabinets off the wall, and and you know, my brother's a genius when it comes to this stuff. Like, I, I he's been doing uh, like woodworking and and you know b- furniture building and carpentry work for thirty years or more, and um, I never really knew how good he was at it until I seen him do this stuff here yesterday. He's he's making some um, cupboard doors and and new drawer faces for us and they are going to be just amazing um nice. but what we wanted to get the countertop replaced so you know it was ready first before everything else is ready so he came over and 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 you know put it in but boy what a time doing that it's just uh you know so that as we record this this is friday night normally we record every other thursday night so uh, I reached out to the team there last night, and I said, "Guys, I don't think I can do it tonight because I'm in the middle of this." And and so, as it turned out, the tonight team seemed to work out better anyway. So, but uh, you know, the, there was that, and and then of course there's the planning for it. So it, it's kind of kept me busy for the last little while, and um, uh, I've been I've been busy with the Artful Life Photography community, and. Uh, um, you know, really enjoying, like you just mentioned, Joe, the, the learning and the teaching and the things that are going on, the camaraderie in, in the iPhone photography community. Um, you, you know, there's a lot of people in the tiny shutter community that are over there as well. So it's it's just a wonderful blend. And yeah. um, um, But as far as uh, actually shooting goes, uh, I haven't really, like, of course, I, I, I took a lot of photos of my uh, 
nieces and my niece and my nephews and whatnot on uh, Christmas morning or Christmas afternoon, I guess. By the time we get to my my parents' place, um, everybody met out there and uh, uh, you know had some fun with that. And I was trying some of the things we spoke about on the last show. Like uh, Joe, you had some good tips about you know changing your angle and things like that. So um, when I when I thought of them, I tried you know getting down lower and, and things like that when I was taking pictures of the kids and stuff. and uh, But I, I didn't get as many good shots as I wanted to, but uh, eh, it was fun, though. It was, you know, I was caught up in the moment, I guess. But and uh, but prior to that, I think it was a couple of days or so before Christmas, my wife and I were out with the dogs, and, and um, you know, I, I always carry my a couple of my moment lenses with me in case I see something that might catch my eye for a wide angle or or a, a zoom shot or whatever and and uh, at that time we had snow now it's all gone i mean this winter has been just so strange for us right here um, even down here in the south it's been strange yeah yeah like we had uh oh gosh it was about four inches of snow about three days ago and now it's gone because the last two days have been on the plus side and mild and even a bit of rain and now it's just it's so blah and you know brown and dirty again and i just i wish we would get about a good foot of snow and that that would be it it would just stay like that for about a month so that i can actually go out and get some good good pictures of, of winter winter scenery but um yeah it, it other than that it's been uh you know not not very picturesque around here i guess you could say yeah, I mean, uh, around here we've had warm, but I'm not actually asking for snow. I I, I, I know we <laughs> need the snow, we need the cold, we need the snow, especially in the mountains for, you know, having enough water when we hit spring and summer. Uh, but we've been 40s, almost 50s, except for one or two days where it's cold and it's like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with this. Yes, please. <laughs> no shoveling, no... You know, uh, uh, bad driving. I'm, I'm all happy about that. So, yay. Thumbs up. Um, now, the... Uh, i trying to remember. The Monday before Christmas, I was off. So, there was some running around I did that morning. Um, and then I did some jogging in the afternoon. And when I was jogging, I saw one person hold their camera up. And they were taking a picture of the sky. And I was like... Huh, I wonder why they're taking it. And I look to the right, and it's like, oh, a complete rainbow. Yes, that's definitely uh, something worth taking a photo of. So I stopped, pulled out the phone, tried to get a couple of quick photos. Um, it was a light drizzle that day, and just the way it was, the, the just the way it was gone, it was a very vibrant rainbow, and it was. It was actually a com one complete rainbow and a shadow of another rainbow. So it was pretty good with, with, with how it was caught there. And then later on, um, you could see it starting to fade. It was just one of those amazing time shots that you just have to be out when it happened. And I got a couple, I got one really nice shot where there was blue sky, the clouds, were still there so you had the clouds in front of the the kind of the end um 
bit of the rainbow with enough blue sky and green grass in front of it to have enough uh, contrasts for everything. So it, it turned out really well. And like I said, it was, was really, really, really vibrant in terms of a photo. And the only other chance I really had to try to get some unique photos was there was a, uh, it was called Run Santa Run. Uh, it was a couple days before that. It was a 5K that actually ended inside of uh, the Kennywood Amusement Park just outside of Pittsburgh. And my original idea was, well, I'm going to take this easy. Uh, I'm not, obviously, you know, you're, you're running inside an amusement park. You're not going for speed per se when you're running. And it was like, oh, you know, I'm going to just enjoy myself and take some pictures and, you know, I'll keep the phone in my pocket instead of my armband. And part of the problem, well, I got a couple of good pictures at the start line. But as I'm jogging along and it was like, oh, that's just a pain. So I stopped, put it in the armband and kind of left the phone in the uh, armband for the remainder of the race. Uh, And honestly, most of the good pictures would have been early on uh, when we we were on halfway through when we actually entered the park and things really started to space out. So there wasn't this large mass of people with Santa hats and um, beards in costumes running through the park. That would have been a really good photo, but just like onesie twosie at a time. So that best best try there, but just didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to. Yeah. Oh, we were passing, while you were talking. We were uh, passing, yeah. uh, passing, passing <laughs> notes in class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, passing <laughs> notes. Uh, no, I, uh, um, I was looking at tomorrow's uh, weather report, and it's supposed to be sixty-five degrees. Uh, looks like next week there's we're supposed to even get up to almost seventy. It's like crazy. It's wow. like, come on, make up your mind. Is it winter time? Yeah. Or is it, uh, yeah, really. <laughs> spring or fall? Oh no, because we're, and I'm sure everyone who's listening is is just getting excited over this too. But um, hold on, why didn't that work? Okay, that's what I wanted. Yeah, that's I want that one. Choose. Shouldn't be that hard, people. Okay, yeah, we're 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 still 50 degrees now, and we're. Um, Tomorrow we're almost going to be 50. Midweek we're going to be back down to 31 for a high, but then on Friday we're going to be back up to 52. <laughs> yeah, I, we took the kids. Um, we, I had a buddy of mine. He's moving from California to North Carolina, and he stopped by, and we took the kids I uh, to uh, was it to the Fountain Park on uh, was it yesterday? No. Uh, day before. What was the day before? Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Um, and, you know, like when you were talking about uh, getting down low and taking pictures of the kids, uh, I was doing that. And my, my middle daughter really likes to pose. She's very, uh, very much, take a picture of me, Daddy. Take a picture of me. And, um, and so I was trying to get... The, the best lighting, unfortunately, uh, even though it was a beautiful sunny day, I have a lot of hard shadows, which mm. is difficult to work with. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, I can't complain. It was a beautiful day, um, but uh, uh, my daughter was like posing on a rock. I'll send it to you guys, and uh, you can look at it. But yeah, it's that's one thing about uh, a sunny day is that it can be uh, difficult to um, avoid hard shadows. But I think I did okay. All right, you should have it in about 10 seconds. Oh, there it is. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a live photo, too, and I can hear you say smile. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the other thing is that my kids, you know, they'll they'll sometimes, uh, you know, they'll smile. Um, yeah. My old, she likes to stick out her teeth. I'm like, don't stick out your teeth. I want you to smile. Make it look natural. <laughs> it's like yeah. uh, the like kids will run through phases. Uh, phase one is they have genuine, beautiful smiles. Phase two is that they're trying. They're saying cheese, and they think that they have to close their eyes and 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 just uh, show their teeth in order to uh, smile, which is not a smile. You're like, act naturally, okay? How do you yeah. act naturally? You know, um, and then they then they go through a phase where they're smiling right, and then they go back to let's make this awkward. And so I had to tell my oldest, I said. Just I, I I showed her what I, uh, what it looked like she was doing. I said, "You're doing this, and it's not smiling. Just smile." Because there's times where they're not even thinking. They give you the smile, and you're like, "Oh man, I wish I was ready for that." Uh, yeah. But tell them to smile. It's like they do everything they can to not give a genuine smile, and then you know it's hit and miss. Then like if you have four of them, mm. you know. Three of them could be giving a good smile. The other one would be looking at you like, oh, do you want, you told me to do something. And then <laughs> they end up smiling and then everybody else is done because they think, oh, okay, I'm done smiling. It's like, golly, guys, you guys are killing me. So sometimes <laughs> you know, those, go ahead. those live photos yeah. can lifesaver. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, I can, you, know what's, you know what's worse than that, Joe? What's that? Try trying to get a picture of my mother when she's with any of her brothers or sisters. Um, I, I tried to get a group photo of a bunch of them there a few years ago, and my mom is the worst for laughing and giggling. She won't stand still. <laughs> it's. I think it's worse to try to get a picture of a four-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I... I guess I have, part, of to... being, part of being a photographer is that you have to control the. You have to be a crowd control person. Yeah. You, know, you you basically you have a small window of time, um, and you base you have to try to get them to react without thinking. As yeah. once they start thinking, that's when you start running into yeah. problems. Yeah, that's right. That's why pet pet photography is a little easier. Really? You could probably attest to no. <laughs> oh yes, quite wow, easy. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because you have it, cats be, though too, Dave. I'm talking about the dogs too. Oh well. Okay, so who's more cooperative, the cats or the dogs? Honestly, neither. <laughs> if you be, get down on their level, guess where they're going to head? Straight. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> straight for the lens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, at least I've seen it yeah. in a bunch of time. But. Yeah, it's like, oh, wait a minute, is that food? Is that something I can eat? Let me get my nose right on it and start licking it and let me see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least yeah. the, the cats, like I said, maybe because the cats are a little bit older. You know, they're they're closer to middle age, and the puppies are just two or three years old. And like, if I try to get on the floor with Charlie or Poodle, and or even Belle, but Charlie's worse. It's like, and or even you say their name just to get their attention. the The idea is not, I said your name. Oh, I'll turn my head towards you. It's, oh, you said my name. I'll walk right towards you without even stopping. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, at least uh, yeah, they they both can be can be trouble. Like with the cats, when I call their name, a lot of times I hear I see their ears move, so they 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 can hear me. They know I'm talking to them. <laughs> they just don't want to do it, and they're like, "No, not right now. No, I don't. I'm not interested." Yeah, <laughs> it's on their terms, not exactly. Yours. Exactly. Yes, that's right. Oh, that's funny. <sighs> cool. So, you know what? It sounds actually we have a complete show now. Uh, yeah, yeah sounds like, like it. Said. Yep. And actually, um, let's see here. We have, because we went over the current challenge when we started the segment for um, the post pick. So I think we are good to go. Um, well, since we're here and I'll just finish driving the show right now, uh, go around, let everyone know where we can find everyone. Um, I'm assuming Matt right now we can find, uh, in a cabin somewhere, uh, roughing it with with the Cub Scouts. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he was roughing it as much as we thought he was when he first first. said he was going to be with them. But that's okay when you're with the Cub Scouts roughing it. (laughs) <laughs> he's still got a bunch of little kids around so it can't be the easiest thing in the world <laughs> you can find him at M. Hoffman Photo and that's pretty much everywhere so that's Day Flash Artful iPhone Photography I think he's that way and um, Instagram and Twitter and Joe do you want to let everyone know where, you, where they can find you yep I got my seatbelt on um <laughs> You can find me on Instagram and Dayflash at Joseph Ferreira. Okay. And Greg? Okay, you can find me on Instagram at McMillan Photo, on Twitter, McMillan underscore photo, Dayflash, just McMillan, and uh, uh, on the Artful Eye Photography community is my name, Greg McMillan, and I'm the host to pop in and say hello. Okay. Yay. Yay. And uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Dayflash is ProfPod. And on um, the Facebook group is Dave Podner. And this week, if you happen to listen, and this is a very, this is a sports, specifically Pittsburgh sports related podcast. Um, It's called the Donut Bag Podcast. Um, he was basically, um, uh, uh, Joe, as, as he goes by on Twitter, Joey bag of donuts, um, said, Hey, who, who, any of my listeners want to come on just for a listener call-in show? And 
we rambled on for a bit, and the bit he took out, we talked briefly about the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, from 30 years ago and the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> nice. So, kind of a, a weird connection there, but there was a there was a connection between somehow, <laughs> kind of a rambling way. And the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, and you can find the show notes, fa- links to the Facebook group, YouTube channel that um, Mark puts out, and the Patreon, and we very much appreciate our Patreons, at tinyshutter.com. Woohoo! Yeah. Well, uh, say goodnight, everyone, and we'll end it up. Okay, good night, everybody. We'll see you next time. Have a good night, and in lieu of Matt, bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave us a review and a five-star rating. See you next week. Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Kowalski, what's our trajectory? 95% certain this will end in massive, flaming disaster. And the other 5%, irrelevant, sir. I I thought you were dead. Oh, no, I told you. Well, I fibbed a little bit, but don't be mad. Remember, it's better to tell the truth. And that's no lie. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Barely. Well, that was a quick show. <laughs> that one you should put in right after we're done. Before the, as soon as the tune's over, you got to put that one in. Yes. <laughs> I'll do that.